Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Magic is power. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me. What's up, Jerry? <laughs> Not much. That was a weird inflection you put on that. <laughs> I wanted to switch it up this week. You know, it's been it's been the same for so long. It's uh, I wanted to change it up. You know, we're, change up. we're recording change up. on a Tuesday. Uh, I had like a pretty crazy weekend. You know, from like Tuesday to Saturday this week was absolutely insane so uh so yeah we uh we're just changing up a little bit we need a little change of pace excellent excellent uh and yeah so we actually have uh back-to-back recordings this weekend uh with uh some awesome guests so Mm -hmm. today we just wanted to take it back we haven't done a mailbag episode in a while so we're gonna reach into the old mailbag and see what you guys gotta say yeah Everyone whip out your mailbag. <laughs> mail, mail. It's the mail. <laughs> uh, you want to hit us with the Discord uh, questions first, Pat? Yeah, sure. There wasn't too many of them. Um, let's see. Deathright Ranger asked, if you had to invent a new zone for MTG, what would it be and design a card that would utilize the space in a healthy way for the game? I'm going to preface this by saying I don't feel qualified to answer this question <laughs> at all. <laughs> like I barely know the zones in the game that we play already. I'm not about to start another zone. Uh, maybe commander, maybe uh, like planeswalkers could go in their own separate zone, and then that zone could just be exiled from the game, and then therefore <laughs> you never play a planeswalker again. That's my zone. That's, That's my zone. zone. We're yeah, gonna put plane- we're gonna put them in the box. We're gonna put yep. them all in a box, and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're the- gonna tape up that box, and we're gonna mail it far, far away. And we're gonna <laughs> pretend it never existed because they're terrible for the game. Okay. All right. Um. I would say this one's kind of a cop out, but the exiled from exile zone, I feel is sorely missing in uh, in the game. And Mark Rosewater has actually come out and said uh, numerous times, you know, they'll never make an exiled from exiled zone because uh, it's bad game design. But I mean, Mark Rosewater also is one of the spearheads. Bad behind. game design is Mark <laughs> Rosewater's middle fucking name. So I don't yeah. want to hear anything about that. Yeah. The mastermind behind fire design. So I'm, I want to say I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm okay with, with picking this, yeah. but yeah. Mark Rosewater can eat a dick, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, just like exile, like graveyard, you were supposed to be able to interact with, and exile was like the special zone where it was actually exiled. But right now, between like thick cards like Mist Hollow, what's, th- what's the thing where like uh Emmercool came from? What is that? What is that soupy like miasma there from? Like the uh, Eldrazi, uh, for what beyond Zendikar? I don't know. No, I don't know. Aren't they from like a different like uh universe? I think they're just, you know, stand in Eldritch Horrors who are just from I understand, I understand a that, mysterious like, place. I think like canonically they're like from a special. I'm sure someone will, will tell us in the chat uh, where they're from. But I think like maybe that should be the new exile zone. And you can't come back from that. Yeah. No, none of this. Unless like, unless you want to ruin a much beloved Innistrad set, then you can come back from it for that. <laughs> Excellent. So that's my choice. Exiled nice. from exiled. Love it. Um, let's see. This one. And actually, I'm going to preface that. Wait, go back, Pat. One other thing. Yeah. Uh, any card placed in this zone actually gets torn up. You physically have to tear up the card. <laughs> I love that, especially. Yeah. Uh, that also applies. To, I'm, I'm retroactively applying that to the Planeswalker zone. Also going that to the Planeswalker box. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know if you remember playing uh, Iron Man uh, magic back in the day, but I don't know if people still do it, but uh, used to be a thing probably about 10, 15 years ago where you would play Iron Man magic, where you would play a match and anytime a card would go to the graveyard, you just had to tear it up. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It was very controversial. It was not good for reanimated decks. <laughs> yeah, not good for reanimated decks. Um, Bobble Bobble LED Echo Fuck You asks, is Ragavan bad in, in show and tell? Seems like a deck that can make red. Might just want a side value engine. But I assume it's awful because no one is doing it. Yeah, so, I mean, with show and tell, you have to ask yourself, does it put a 15-15 into play or does it help you find something that puts a 15-15 into play? Yep. If the answer is no, then it doesn't, it's not worth a slot in the deck. Yep. Makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Ragavan, 
yeah, it's just not good in the in the deck for for a myriad of reasons. Just opening sure. yourself up to removal, uh, and just the fact that it it it's clunky and it's doing something other than just comboing, which is mm-hmm. what we came here to do. Yep. Yep. Um, this is a deep question. I don't know if we'll get. I don't know how much time we'll get in this one. What is your opinion on the whole band days debate? Man, I'm I'm a little torn on it because. I do recognize that Delver shells has gotten to the point where when you don't even need Delver anymore, because there's so many options, um, something has to give besides the threats. Uh, you know, you, you can't, you can't keep banning threats. Something about the Delver shell needs to go. Mm-hmm. And you're basically looking at wastelands. Now can't, can't ban wasteland. That just completely turns the entire format on its head. Wasteland is just way too important with keeping like land-based decks in check. Mm-hmm. And also mana base is honest. Um, force of will, which absolutely not, because can you imagine legacy without force of will? I mean, that's like <laughs> that's like the check on the format, right? Yeah. And like days is as well. I guess now force of negation is, is like its little brother, and days is like the cousin who comes over on the holidays. Uh, you know, that's a good point, Pat. I, I can see that the fact that we now have force of negation makes me a little bit more willing to give up days because there so, is there is that car that can come in and slot that doesn't quite give it the same tempo I, boost. I would rather see force of negation get banned than days get banned. Force of negation isn't a problem though. Like that's the thing. Like no one's but running is days for, a problem though? Well no not okay. really but it's like it's it's the only thing that you can really hit in that deck that doesn't just destroy the format so it's like your options are well, brain, brainstorm force of will wasteland days uh i guess days out of that list like would you rather give up any of the other cards over days mm, no i wouldn't i i i guess i guess i don't really understand the question because are we talking about just nerfing or are we talking about taking blue decks down a peg or are we talking about like specifically like tempo shells because like days isn't the problem. The problem is Ragavan. Like without Ragavan, like Blue Red Delver is uh, no, just Ragavan, like an okay deck. Ragavan is not the problem though, because we're still seeing lists top eight without Ragavan. Um, because it's just there's the there are so many good threats in Blue Red Delver. Yeah. You either need to ban like five creatures <laughs> or you need to hit the 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 shell of the deck. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly I'm on board with banning um banning like preordain or ponder probably preordain i'm fine with banning preordain or ponder and that doesn't banning that doesn't creature. that doesn't hurt blue red delver though like yeah it does blue- if you took ponder away it definitely hurts the deck oh okay sure. i mean if, sure ponder but you're but even then then they just cycle in preordain and if you ban preordain blue red delver just shugs shrugs because they're like all right what were we maybe running two if we were right. really agree like they're like no, no, no they're running four ponder four pre four, four ponder four brainstorm yeah, they're not running four preordained though. No, 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 right, right. I think at the at the height they were running ten total cantrips. Yeah, it's like at the most they were running two, and yeah. that and that's not even in current meta. So right, right. So like, yeah, brainstorm. I, I mean, maybe ponder days. Pond like maybe if they hit ponder, that's fine. But that keep in mind if you hit ponder, that hits like all the combo decks. Like. Yep combo is not dominant in any way and if you hit ponder that could put a push a lot of combo decks just into irrelevancy sure well that's why i'm more about a uh, see i i hate get taking days because days is like such a staple of a tempo shell that i i don't think it deserves to go um but i but i do think that it's better to take away some of the creatures like especially these new creatures that are that have just entered the format I mean, honestly, um, I'm down with them banning five creatures. Like ban, yeah. ban Merktide Regent, ban Dragon Rage Channeler. Bye. Ban Delver. Fuck you. Don't do that. Ban Young Pyromancer. No, no stop. stop. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. What are we talking about here, Jerry? Let's You're just trying to make sure it's all the best deck no, in the format, no, Jerry. I am not no, 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 I'm calling you no, out on this. No, I'm just wanting some other, you know, past favorites to you know see a little bit of the limelight shine a little bit uh what, what was that uh that like blue red dragon uh creature you that... can't even name it jerry yeah you, the past sprite, favorites sprite you dragon. can't even name sprite, sprite dragon uh, or taylor swift spear what was the last time you saw a taylor swift spear i do like? love i love i love well actually so the next question is i have a card i want to bring back that's going to boost swift spear and i think i think uh, i have a whole list of cards i want to ban out of the format but 
<laughs> basically anything that's come in the format since like since like in, since like 2019 essentially any creature that's come in the format since 2019 I, i'd like to get rid of but <laughs> um yeah I, i'm not i'm not into banning days i i would i would like to hear the arguments because to be honest i don't really follow much the uh discourse on twitter or I don't, what, what what are what are the magic players using now instagram i don't know um i try I, not to I, follow I, the discourse too closely my thermometer my thermometer of the room is uh that the band days movement is growing I don't know if they've reached majority at all by any means, but I it does feel like that movement is growing. Yeah, people can be real upset when they ban days and like blur they, is still the best yeah, thing in the format. People got to be close because I mean the the band brainstorm movement has also gathered steam for years and nothing's ever happened of it. So don't don't get me wrong, that's not me saying that I think it's going to happen. But personally, I would prefer them ban like five creatures out of the deck and use that to nerf blue red delver because i think as a shell it's still a valid strategy that's fun to play that people will enjoy it it's just it's gotten too efficient over the years like all the creatures well, over the like last I said, 10 had, years I, I think dragon rage dragon's rage channeler i think murtai regent and i think ragavan all need to go personally yeah all i don't think i don't creatures. think they're i don't think they're particularly interesting in the i don't think they add anything interesting to the game i think they're just uh, super hyper efficient hyper efficient cards that have uh, added upside that at a, at a discounted mana cost for what they are. And I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this also has to couple with like, Watsy needs to stop printing efficient, cheap, you know, blue and yep. red creatures. Yep. Put some, <laughs> well, in, put some in, in black, put right. some in green. Uh, so, but yeah, yeah. Right, I feel we've, we've uh, beat this topic. Too, yeah. Uh, um, to the pulp. yeah. So if you had to, uh, this is from Maverick. If you had to ban or unban a card into the format, to switch things up, what would you do? Hot takes are welcome. This is from <laughs> I, Maverick. I mean, the the card I want to unban is Earthcraft, but I don't feel you've been on the Earthcraft train for a long time, dude. Unban Earthcraft. Give me the squirrels. Like it was perfect timing with the recent set they had that was all squirrel themed. They should have unbanned and reprinted Earthcraft. <laughs> that would have been epic. Uh, but as far as like what would actually shake up the format the most uh, would be, it would have to be like one of the Yogmoth cards, like either Yogmoth's Will uh, or Yogmoth's Bargain. Like unban uh, those and the format just gets kind of insane. Okay. Like, you want to see Storm be the most powerful deck <laughs> like ever un unban those cards. You want to see Bryant Cook's brain explode? Yeah. Right. Yeah. This. Yeah. Brian. Brian Cook has uh, sponsored this segment of the cast. Yes. He, yeah. 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 <laughs> he paid me off. He straight up bought Jerry out on this on this segment here. <laughs> um. So if, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a ban on ban. Okay. Okay. I'm going to ban anything after 2019. Okay. And then I'm going to unban Cataxium Probe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you just want to take it back to like you know 2018. Yes, that's exactly what I want to do. So you you just want to time time machine it. Yep, but I don't want I don't want like Deathrite Shaman. I don't want that. But I do want I, I do want G Pro back. I miss playing Gitaxian Probe quite a bit. Okay. Okay. All right. That, that's it for the Discord. Uh, let's do the Facebook questions. We got some good ones. So Noah Shanning. Uh, okay. So is True Name Nemesis secretly good again when everyone is packing white removal? Haven't seen a black sacrifice effect in months. Ending is the main removal in the format right now. Really only goes away to Terminus. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Pat? You want to be packing some true names? No. The format's way too fast for true names to be worthwhile. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of with that. It's like, yeah, it's nice that true name uh, can't be targeted or anything like that. But like a turn three, three, one is not enough of a clock. No. Like, you're, like sure. I can't kill your true name, but I'm going to kill you before like, I listen. Have I have a Delver in the air. I have a Delver secrets in the air. I have fucking two Dragon Rage trailers in the air. I got Merc Tide Boy and his and his friend coming along as well to the party. Like your turn three true name is too slow now. Um, in the Stoneblade list, like it's cool, but it's still too slow. Like Stoneblade is also running Merc Tide Regent and Ragavan. Like you just <laughs> don't need you just don't need that slow hex proof anymore. There's just so many efficient creatures. At lower mana costs, uh, you can just play way more of them. And like, true name was like a protect the queen kind of character. I always felt like, you know what I mean? Like you land your true name. That's, you know, that's like your be all end all. You can't remove it unless you have a terminus around. Um, but, you know, it, it's, you, know, you slap some equipment on it. Now it can do all kinds of stuff and clear a board. Now it's like, 
is it really worth all that effort? Not anymore. Like you have Caldro, you have all these different, like Stoneblade has gotten all these different tools uh, in the last year. And true name is just completely fallen off the radar, I think. And I think for a reason. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I would like the format to go back to a true name nemesis. No, I disagree. Uh, I would, because it means a slower format. Okay, yeah, slower format. But like, listen, I feel like all of your stuff, we are we both have to just admit our biases here, right? Like, I want Blue Red Delver to be a good deck. I don't want it to be completely nerfed. You want Show and Tell to be a good deck. You don't want it to be outraced by all these tempo decks. So let's just like, you know, of course you would like True Name Nemesis to be the best card in the fo- the best creature in the format because show and tell and sneak attack get out uh fatties that can fly way way more efficiently than uh than a, in, than true name is you know all right if we're if we're doing disclosures like i also got to disclose that uh goblins gang they uh they paid me off uh, as well i, I have to <laughs> i'm contractually obligated to mention goblins three times in this episode okay um let's move on uh Tyler Wilkin asks, what is an athlete? He had an extra E in there, an athlete. <laughs> so he, he's into the three syllable athlete. Uh, let's put this once to rest once and for all. Um, Travis well, M- Marie asks, are there any athletes on Pat's peewee team? Uh, first of all, it's a junior peewee team. Number one, they're eight and nine year uh, Sorry, seven and eight year olds. Uh, and there are absolutely athletes on this team. Uh, an athlete. I don't know what that is. Uh, if you're referring to athletes, I don't care to talk about those anymore. Um, but I'm moving on from that. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to take the bait. I'm not, I'm not going to take the bait. It's tasty bait. It's tasty bait. I'm not going to take it. I'm above that. I am above that. I am a, I'm a strong upstanding citizen and I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let you have that one pad and we're going to okay. move on. We're going to move on. Okay. Josh Alexander. Asks, no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what is the value of a card signed by Richard Garfield? Uh, would you say it's set number value, uh, a set detriment to the value, or flexible based on the card? This is a troll, but I hope you'll argue about it. Uh, the correct answer is it's de- it detracts from the value unless he dies, then it adds value. Well, all right, such clinical with that, Pat. I I, I mean I think it's true, right? Like like people don't want like you know, it's 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 a detriment to the card until he dies, which will be at some point. Like he's not going to live forever, uh, and then it'll be a multiplier. Now, ask, let me ask you this, Pat. Have you ever actually seen a Richard Garfield signed card? Um, like, have you ever flesh? been like, yeah, like, have you ever been at like an yeah. event and someone's like, oh, hey, look at my brainstorm signed by Richard Garfield? Like, no, I'm sure no. there's a there's a couple out there and we're going to get people writing. It's like, oh, my buddy has blah, blah, blah. But I honestly feel Richard Garfield has not signed that many magic cards compared to like someone even like Mark Rosewater, who I've seen tons of Mark Rosewater signed stuff like Richard Garfield, I feel was never as public as some of the other Watsy staff members. And so this is my completely uneducated guess, but Mm -hmm. my personal perception is that I don't think Richard Garfield signatures are that common. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, right now doesn't really matter, but after seeing what happened when like Chris rush died and then there was all of a sudden a big, uh, you know, run on Chris Russ, uh, uh, Chris Rush signs memorabilia and cards mm-hmm. and things like that. I do 100% think that you're right. If Richard Garfield were to die, all of the, those signatures would go way up in value. And yeah. I think it would go up quite a bit because I honestly don't think there are that many of them out there. Yep, I agree. And then it becomes a much more sought after item. I do think too, it's interesting. Like, so like Mark, you know, or our Chris Rush signs cards that he's done the art on. Artists sign the cards they've done the art on. I guess some designers might sign the cards they've done the design on. But Garfield hasn't been involved with Magic the Gathering in a long time, and certainly not, certainly hasn't designed cards in any capacity in deck and probably over a decade. Well, so no, he did come back and work on. I want to say Return to Dominaria, like that was a, a whole big oh, thing. Oh, interesting. He came back Wait, and he helped with that. Dominaria or Return to Dominaria or Dominaria. Sorry. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Oops, I'm 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 uh, tipping off my damn uh, my Jerry. You and, you and Gavin been having some fucking side meetings. I don't know about. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, so he came back for Dominaria. Um, so he did a bunch there. So I think, yeah, yeah, probably some got entered into circulation there, but yeah, you're right. Before that, he hadn't really done that much with the company uh, right. for quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And even then Dominaria has been what, three years, four years at this point. No, maybe three. I don't think four, but I think it was right before, um, right before. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, 
Josh, uh, this is kind of a read a redo of the question or a re mentioning yeah, the question, but I think it's funny the way he one. asked it. Oh, okay. Uh, I just think it's funny the way he asked, it, and I won't just mention it. Talk about the day's ban and why it's the best option for the format. And don't tell Pat about this question in advance. <laughs> I think it's very funny. Uh, Mike Noble, uh, friend of the podcast, recent guest. What is each host's favorite Blink 182 song? Oh, uh, sing my... it. Sing it. You guys sing it. <laughs> no sing it <laughs> sing it or i i will i will end the show right now i'm not in a singing mood pat you can't i'm not your monkey that could just dance where you. are you and i'm so sorry i cannot sleep i cannot uh, i don't know the words <laughs> oh, something man. about spiders <laughs> uh i i love in that song how he says uh you're already the voice inside my yed like what yeah. what's it what's my a yed, yed. <laughs> my yed it's those snake bite uh piercings they really fuck up your enunciation <laughs> when you sing <laughs> excellent um we are we are going by chet's uh i don't know this is like the second or third zoolander <laughs> Um, meme that's in the uh, in the questions here. Yeah, going um, going back to that, uh, Julian wrote in reading these comments. It feels like there are so many legacy in uh, leaving legacy in jokes. It feels like jumping into volume seven hundred and fifty three of a Japanese manga. And uh, so, can, can I be, can I tell you something? <laughs> what I don't know what manga means, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. It's a uh, it's a it's a visual storytelling pat using so pictures. It's, so it's a comic. No, it's more advanced than that, man. It's more advanced than that. You know, you wouldn't understand. You need a high enough IQ to get it. Oh wow, I'm already, I'm already enraged <laughs> just, just listening to you say those things. <laughs> I'm so angry right now. Yeah, it's just, it's just like it's Japanese comic books. Oh well, Can color, <laughs> color me uninterested. Uh, ben Steiger asks, uh, what would be your votes for unbannings? Either because the cards don't deserve a ban. Or to increase meta health. Pat, have I ever talked to you about Earthcraft? Oh God, we can't do this again. <laughs> ben, Jerry wants to unban Earthcraft. I want to unban. I want to unban Gitaxian Probe. That's it. That's right. it. I, you know, I could actually get behind a, a Gitaxian Probe unban. I, I think, I think Gitaxian Probe being I, unbanned. It would, would have be to fine. come with. It would have to come with a bunch of bannings of of recent creatures, though. Like, uh, uh, is I want Gitaxian... I want Blue Red Delver to be closer to like burn like counter burn Delver. That's my that was my favorite Delver deck to play, mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't nearly as good as as Blue Red is now. So it's not. I don't want to power up the deck. I want to power down the deck and make it more fun to, for me to play. Okay, that's All just right. me. I can respect that. Yeah, uh, this is a great question, Jeremy Tibbetts. We talk about meta games a lot. Can you discuss why this matters? Not saying I don't understand, but I'd be curious to hear opinions. That's a great question. Oh, that's deep. That's a that's a meta question. Remember when I know. asked? Remember when the other like a <laughs> couple weeks ago when I like went off on a rant about why what meta game like why like talking about meta games doesn't actually matter ever because it's so especially in a in a, in a format like Legacy it's so dependent upon like what level your like your your leg like your F and M meta game is different than your challenge meta game which is completely different than your GP meta game which is different your East Coast GP meta game is different than your West Coast GP meta game to an extent. Like it, it, it almost doesn't, it almost doesn't matter. Um, I like this question a lot, Jeremy. I completely agree. I have two, two arguments, one for and one against. I love fence sitting, Jerry. That's my favorite kind of sitting. <laughs> yeah, I got splinters in my asshole. That's, that's what we're at. All right. But the, the secret to sleeping on a fence is having the post in your mouth. <laughs> it's not a sex thing. I'm just saying. Stops you from going off one side or the other. Okay. Okay. So I think metagames are important because it gives the illusion of control in a scary, unpredictable world. Oh, it's like religion. Exactly. Oh, man, you are just going for the hate mail this episode. <laughs> but anyways, I think that by preparing for a metagame, you are reassuring yourself and convincing yourself that you have control over your destiny and that you are going to win this tournament purely on your own skill and experience and luck has nothing to do with it. And then you get paired up against oops, all spells for the first three. <laughs> rounds. <of the> tournament. <laughs> you go up against ley lines, the ley line opalescence deck. And you're like, what is happening? Yep. And that is my counter argument is that yes, preparing for a metagame, uh, 
you know, gives you comfort and, you know, prepares you. But also at the end of the day, we are all subject to, uh, you know, RN Jesus. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I will also say metagames is nice in that it's like kind of the culture of your meta. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. your local meta is important, not from like a skill level or anything like that or, uh, you know, pre- preparation, but just. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have played in a in a area long enough, you understand the meta, and I'm sure that gives you a leg up over someone who's like, you know, in town for the weekend and wants to get to an F and M. Yep. So, I I think the true answer is, you know, Pat on the fence somewhere in between. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sounds about right. <laughs> um. So uh, Julian asks, would you rather live in a country ruled by dictator Pat or Jerry? I, I, so I don't know if he means by dictator Pat or just Jerry or <laughs> dictator Pat or dictator Jerry. The way this is worded kind of kind of un- unnerves me a little bit because the fact that he's I feel like he's implying maybe I'm just inferring, but I also feel like he's implying that I would just be a dictator like if I rule a country just a dictatorship. Jerry, you got some wiggle room no, there. The, the the takeaway I got was: Would you rather ruled into a country where it's an evil Pat? <laughs> or a country ruled by just normal Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You, like, what's worse, evil Pat or Jerry on an okay day? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> let so, me tell you, we're getting those guillotines out real fast. So, jeez. <laughs> so when you've when you've done like execu- executing the bourgeoisie, do you also are you do you have to execute yourself at the end? I've risen like, up. How that. how how bought into your are you into this philosophy, Jerry? Uh, let's just say Animal Farm will recreate itself. Um, <laughs> oh man! But no, my my country will be great. You know, we're gonna have such great things as uh, uh, all legacy decks are required to have blue in them. Um, that's that's gonna be a requirement. Uh, also, uh, free Boston Market for all. I mean, right, that's, of course, yeah, of course. We may have to increase taxes, uh, you know, to make sure you can pay for the Boston Market plan. Yeah. Yeah, right. The Boston market. You, you've, you've lost universal health care, but you have a Boston market plan now. <laughs> well, actually, that's the thing, Pat. When everyone starts eating Boston market, we don't actually don't need health care anymore yeah, because people just die eating. <laughs> I was going to say, like, there's no so, middle. There's no so healthy. You go from perfect health to death. <laughs> the Boston market path. I love it. I love it. Um, I, I Can I make the case for, for being ruled by dictator Pat? Yeah. What's the case for dictator Pat? I think I would dictate good things. I don't think dictator has to be a bad thing. I think you, ah. I think you'd be a good dude. I think you'd be a good dude to be a dictator. Pat is going for the philosopher king approach. Yeah, I've, I've heard you mention that a lot, Jerry, and I think that involves me shirtless, being uh, fed like grapes and wine by people who want to be who want to feed me, like covered in oils. Right? It makes me feel like I get to. Yeah, I, I think that'd be pretty cool being on like a, a golden throne, and like you just like make good rules, you know, like like. No work on Sundays. Sundays are for football, you know, and like move up the NFL game oh, but, times. Like, but that's, I don't want to be watching a game at eight o'clock at night. But that's, that's also the- no more. No. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. The hypocrisy. The hypocrisy. I got some more rules. I got some more rules. Hold on. Ready? No more daily saving time, guys. Get rid of it. Okay. Also, also no more 40 hour work week. Okay. Yeah. Get rid of the 40 hour work week. It's, it's unnecessary. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, I got other rules, but like, those are the first, those are the ones that come off my, oh, also no Boston market. <laughs> those are my, those are my first decrees. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay, Pat, I, you know, you're kind of convincing me. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit behind. I just got a problem though. How are you going to solve your first, the issue of your first, uh, you know, mon- monarchy hurdle to overcome, uh, you said no one can work on Sunday. Sunday is in football. What about all the people who work? on football they don't but then how are you going to watch football you can watch football but how can you watch football if no one can do the work to put on a football show people can volunteer okay so just you know jack from the deli down the street he can volunteer just uh (laughs) i bet jack i bet if jack really wanted to he could do a good job all right so there might be a hole there might be a hole in my plan here uh i'm just saying like um, you know what sundays are our federal holiday how about that like federal holiday Shut Every down, Sunday. Shut, shut down, shut down things that are already closed on Sundays. Shut them down doubly for Sundays. <laughs> okay. The fall. Okay. So Pat yeah. wants to basically return the world to 1950s America. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. Without the with, like minus the racism, yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. Sounds sounds pretty good to you. Like, hey, like, uh, you know, it'd be really cool if, if like a single a single income could like support a middle class family of four in America. That'd be pretty sweet, right? Do you uh, guys get behind that? I mean, you're convincing me. I think Dictator Jerry is uh is kind of eyeing Dictator, Dictator Pat's Jerry just wants to send out send everyone Boston Market. Dictator Pat wants to be like. Guys, let's make this a better world for everyone, you know? Yeah, no, everyone gets to, you know, have their bucket of chicken while they go and watch the, the guillotines, the, the public executions. <laughs> we have very different visions of the future. Um, Dominic Monfrey, uh, we kind of already went over this. We've done this question before, but he did ask if each of you could design a card for your primary deck, what would it be and why? An 8-8 eight, eight flying lifelink pay 8 life to draw 8 cards. Grizzle Brander. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of boring for show and tell because show and tell is like, it's already what it is. Right. Like it, anything you could print for the deck is just an upgrade of something that's already in the deck. What about sneak attack? But it's, but like you out, you ban sneak attack and the next sneak attack is, uh, is, um, What's the word? What's the word when it's equal, like show and tell? Uh, Actually, you know what I would like? I would sym- like symmetrical. A I symmetrical would, sneak attack. I would like a a uh, uh, artifact sneak attack. Okay. That, that was four to cast and one colorless to activate. Just oh. because You're I getting think, rid of red completely. Yeah, I, like honestly, besides sneak attack, red red like brings some stuff to the deck, but there's there's nothing tying you to red other yeah. than sneak attack. Like I because. Even if it's not an artifact, just I would like another enabler that is on the same power level as sneak attack in black, in white, in green. Just give the deck the ability to more easily go to another color pair. And that's been happening uh, over the years. You know, we've gotten plenty of things uh, to push us into like blue, white with Teferi. Yep blue green with a uh, veil of summer and uh and uh, uh flying snack uh so like it it's been happening but i i still there's no replacement for sneak attack and i i would just like a a more flexible sneak attack for other colors yeah what about you pat yeah i mean i've gone over this before i i'd want like a creature that like doubles uh damage spells basically like uh what is that like fork you know or like cha- like a chain lightning like like a creature that like essentially does like chain lightning for all your your burn spells, I think it would be kind of cool. But it have to be it would have to be like blue red, and you have to play like blue red to like double your damage or whatever, um, something like that. But really, I just want to get taxing probe back. Honestly, like get rid of all these new creatures, and bring back the taxing probe. Um, George Kegel asks, not a question, but maybe just shout out some cool decks that aren't show and tell and blue red Elver. How's Goblins doing for Pat's son? Cool decks. So be like shout out to Delver, different from blue red Delver. Shout what? out to Blue Eye Omni Show. Cool decks, Jerry. Uh, I just want to point it's for out. the newbies. Maybe some cheapo decks. <laughs> it's just I want to point out that's that's one contractual obligation. I I mentioned goblins once, right there. You did you did say goblins? Yep, yep, yeah. Uh, Thanks, Liam has not played. We have not played Legacy in a few months. Actually, we've been super busy with football and everything. And um, cool decks. I love goblins, man. I love goblins. I like burn. I've always been a big burn fan. Yeah, Burn's a fun deck to just sleeve up and just power through some leagues. And yeah. honestly, if you're just trying to learn legacy, like learn what is out there, Burn is your best choice, especially if you're grinding on Magic Online. Sure, sure. Because you can you can get through a ton of games pretty quickly and get the gist of the format. Can I say I, I actually thought the Opalescence deck was pretty sweet too when I played against it. I didn't hate that deck. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool. I had never seen it before. Like before I played it, like this is a couple of years ago in SCG in Worcester. Um, and I, th- I don't remember this is the one where I went on a tear and what like started off like 6 0. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely faced like uh ley lines and like uh opalescence like the first round or two, and I beat it. But I was just like, oh, this is a deck I've actually not, I have, z- I have zero familiarity with. Um, and it was pretty cool. I-, I like cool decks like that, you know what I mean? Um, even like oh, I hate to say it, but uh, even like uh, Cephalid Breakfast, like little like dinky combo decks like that, or oops, all spells like. Those make me laugh a little bit, you know. Um, I might, I might hate on them a little bit because they drive me insane to play against. But um, I always think that's pretty cool when people have their own their own takes on decks. Um, uh, we had Rude Hannigan on a couple weeks ago, and he had he had been like developing like his own kind of like. I, I was gonna say I really like Rude's uh, mono black yep, world reanimator list yep. that he uh, top yep. aided the Leaving Legacy yep. open. I like, and that was that's like a five hundred dollar deck. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's less than modern decks. Yes, <laughs> so. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I think there's plenty of really cool, cheap decks to play in the format. And, you know, honestly, some pretty competitive ones too, especially that, that reanimator deck, uh, you know, it, it top eight at a major legacy tournament. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think it, it's a great time to be playing legacy, you know, yes, there are insane prices, but you don't need to buy into the insane prices to yeah. just play the format. Right. Also like just make proxies, man. Like no one's going to stop you from playing the format. Um, he also asked about shout out some other, some content creators or, or something like that, or other podcasts we listen to that aren't our own. Uh, George, I don't listen to this podcast, um, but the I do listen. There's only one other Magic the Gathering podcast. I'm sorry, there are two Magic the Gathering podcasts I listen to. Um, one is the Dead Format, obviously our, our sister podcast, uh, Ian and Tom's uh, rival uh, podcast in the in the Boston Legacy sphere. Um, I really like that podcast. I love when uh, they put out te- episodes. Technically, Pat, I believe it's we won. You know, we forced them out. We we claimed our territory. Ian had to uh, relocate to Ohio, or uh, or they've <laughs> just expanded their influence, Jerry. So, <laughs> um, and the other uh, Magic the Gathering podcast I listen to is called the Spike Feed, and I started listening to them when I first came back to Magic. I actually listened to though, so I should say the first two Magic podcasts I listened to, the first two podcasts I had ever listened to in my life were were um. The Spike Feed, uh, which is uh, done by uh, a couple guys, Curtis and Cameron. Um, fuck, it's a great, it's a great, very little is about legacy. Like they very rarely touch on legacy, but that almost doesn't matter because I listen to it for kind of like the, just hearing those guys talk about stuff in general. Um, but it is, it is a great magic podcast. And it's also just a good, like just chilling out, like listening to two friends kind of chat and talk kind of podcast. Um, so those are the two magic podcasts I listen to, uh, but there's a ton of, Jerry and I have had so many magic content creators in here. I couldn't even begin to like make a list of like make a list off the top of my head uh, being put on the spot like this, but we've had so many awesome people on, like you can check through our catalog of guests and just be like, Oh, like, like all Brian, these different streamers, Brian, Brian streamers content, yeah, content creators, like people who make yeah. people who make entire websites devoted to single decks and like Joseph Dyer, Brian. Yeah, Cook. Yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe Dyer who like does the, the goldfish uh uh series, uh you know, the, the that article series and also like compiles all the challenge data and stuff. I mean, there's just there's just so many people who um who are so great and so I you know, in lieu of me listing them here, just like scroll back in our episodes. You don't have to download them. You don't have to listen to them. Just look at who the guests are. And you're going to find so many amazing content creators in there like that are do way above and beyond what we do. Because I'll tell you, if we don't like something uh, that like a content creator is doing, we're not going to have them on the cast. <laughs> like if we're having them on the cast, we uh, we appreciate what they're doing and, and how they're expanding the, the legacy community. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I, think, I don't think we've had many heels in the podcast. Yeah, no, pretty much all <laughs> heroes. Other than Cyrus, Cyrus the Eternal Heel. <laughs> Cyrus is my is one of my favorite people. I love that guy. Um, <laughs> let's see, Dominic. All right, so we're getting a little going. I can't stay on too long tonight because it's been a fucking it's been a day. But um, I do want to get through a few more of these because we have some great questions from our listeners um, and our friends here. Uh, Dominic asked, "You beat Mark Rosewater in Ritual Combat and become head designer. What's the first change you make in your Reign of Terror?" What's your first change you make, Jerry? Aside from the reserve list, you can't, that's not, they can't, be uh, I can't touch the reserve list. Yeah, sorry. Um, all right. Well, just basically throw out fire design. Um, yeah. And, and more than anything, it's make all of these stupid upcoming special bonus cards from Warhammer and Lord of the Rings and Walking Dead and all this bullshit crap and make them all silver border. Because yep. you know what? It's totally fine. You want to print them. There's plenty of people that want to play with them. That's cool. Keep that shit out of comp REL legacy. hundred percent. That that would be my Especially first. Especially because they're limited thing. print. Like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Just because just it's, get it's, rid of ver- them. it's very clear that they are very bad at knowing what will and will not break formats. They have no fucking clue. Yeah. At, at least eternally. Because it not maybe it's not even that they don't have a clue. They just don't care. They don't yeah. care. They do not care. I will tell I will tell you the second that some like random like trailer park boys, SpongeBob SquarePants, like bullshit becomes a format warping card and every deck needs to run uh like four copies of Sandy Cheeks uh in their uh <laughs> in their in their deck is is the day I quit legacy. Yeah, for reals. Um I I I think I would I would also completely destroy 
uh, the fire design like mentality and fire anyone who was who involved in that who pushed that. Um, Jeremy Tibbetts, uh, I guess we had mentioned that Ragavan's good versus uh, Death and Taxes, and he's he just thought it was kind of suspect. Like you know, like there's so many other creatures in the matchup that are so much better than <laughs> like all the other creatures in the deck that fly versus like uh, Ragavan. Uh, so I'm just going to say, if I said that, I probably just misspoke, honestly, and wasn't really thinking super critically, Jeremy, like Jeremy's a guy who I think thinks pretty hard about the format. And I, I just talk more than I think about it. So if I said that I'm just wrong, cause I think, I think you're hundred percent right. Like Ragavan doesn't trade well with any of their creatures. They run a bunch of Karakasas. Like, it seems like it's not good in the matchup. So I guess maybe I was just thinking like, oh, you get a bunch of like one drops off the top of their deck. It seems like, seems good, but um if that was something i said then i'm wrong if i didn't say it then i don't take any blame for it but yeah i think he's i think his uh, reasoning is all correct uh andrew richardson asked, asked what card would need to be printed to make legacy merfolk playable again uh give it a brainstorming merfolk that you could play at instant speed yeah <laughs> like one blue or just more aggressive merfolk in general right like like that like merfolk needs the death and taxes uh, treatment yeah. over the last yeah. few years, right? I, I don't think any one card could be printed. Like, yeah, if you consistently print like three or four souped up merfolk, then yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, it would be things like give me like one blue for a zero one merfolk with flash when it comes into play brainstorm. Yeah. Um, Matthew Dawson asked a question, and I th- I don't know if this is a good one for this, Jerry, or if this is just a good episode question. This might be like an episode question where we have to do a whole episode on it, but what legacy heuristics are still valid and which have been set on fire in the last few years? Mm. That's a good question, right? That is a good question. I don't know if I could actually answer that like reasonably. I, I have just, I'm just reading this question now, so I haven't seen it beforehand. That's a really good question. Yeah, I think definitely just uh, mulliganing heuristics changed a lot with the mulligan rules uh, coming and going. Sure. Um, you know, you can be a lot more aggressive with your mulligans these days. Um. Yeah. I, I now, of course, as soon as I, I think about it, all my mind goes blank of any heuristics that are actually out there. Uh. But yeah, I, I think we should do some research if if people want to give some suggestions of uh, uh legacy heuristics and see if they're still valid. Uh. You know, we could definitely do an episode on that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, Justin Lutz uh just sent us a meme that says it's just Homer Simpson reading. Could Jesus microwave a burrito so hot? That even he himself could not eat it. There's a lot of there's a lot of like religion questions today, guys. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't think so because I because heat has like a finite amount. Like you can't you can't get hotter than what I don't know like a thousand Kelvin something like that. So I don't think so. I don't think he could. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think he beats burritos, bro. Like burrito. That's not like that's not something he'd be familiar with. I would think. Yeah, okay, I looked it up. It's more than a, a thousand Kelvin. Uh, what did I say? A thousand Kelvin. It's uh, a hundred and forty-two non-million Kev- Kelvins. You were just uh, a little bit off, Jerry. <laughs> just a little. I don't even know what a non-million is. That <laughs> what is a non-million? <laughs> I mean, it's not a million. I know that. Um, uh, Raymond Van. Apparently, it has ten to the thirty-second power number of zeros. <laughs> That's too many zeros. Um, Raymond Van asks, "When is Jerry going to start streaming streaming Ape Deck?" Um, I just don't have time. I'm going to yeah. be honest. Like yeah. I, I barely have time to play these days with moving to the new apartment and all this other stuff that, uh, yeah. And, and you got an SO now, like that takes up a lot of time too. Like your time yeah. is not your time anymore. It's, it's our time, Jerry. It's true. welcome to, welcome to true socialism. My friend, <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, of it's, course. It's of course. Great. Yeah. It's I'm great. sure she's listening. You can't actually say that. <laughs> yeah. I'm blinking twice, Pat. I'm blinking twice. <laughs> um, all right. Well, one last one, Aaron Canoli or Canoli. I'm gonna go with Canoli. Asks unbanned mana drain, mind twist, and earthcraft. Good idea or great idea? Yeah, go I for see, it. I see earthcraft on that list. Great idea. Yeah, mind twist, uh, absolutely unbannable. Um, I don't know about mana drain, I don't know enough about that card. I've never played yeah. against it. It is like a uh, vintage stable, I think. No, I honestly think all three of those, yeah. uh, all three of those are, are fine done ban. I think anyone who disagrees with it is a boomer. They just, <laughs> they, they've been around for too long because you ask any new player and they're like, yeah, these cards aren't even that good. Of course you yeah. can unban it. Yep. Um, like counterspell does, is not even playable in the format anymore. Like no one's, right. no one's leaving up counterspells. And if they are, it's probably one. And it's because they have like Japanese foil uh seventh edition counter spell and they can't not play it because they spent way too much money on it so it's the only exactly. reason why it's still on their list 
so I think putting mana drain is actually the upgrade that counterspell needs in order to kind of actually be relevant in the format again. And even then, I don't even know if it would be enough. Like we would still probably only see one or two mana drains mm -hmm. and maybe there would be a dedicated mana drain deck that uses it to like power out Eldrazi or something yeah. like that. But yeah. And then, yeah, mind twist. I think it's fine. I think people who want to ban mind twist are just afraid of it because they've played against it in cube and mm -hmm. it can be pretty backbreaking in cube. Sure. In the draft format, but like, yeah, in a real format, well, not yeah. should say real format, but like a, a format where everything is known. It doesn't seem like a problem, a problem. Yeah. Cause I mean, keep in mind, you, you either have to put a lot, you have to put a lot of resources into mind twist mm -hmm. and it, it can be countered. So right. like, I, I think Mind Twist is fine. Probably the best thing Mind Twist would do is it would probably show up in like Hogak and Dredge decks. Yep. And that would probably be where it, it, it sees its most play. And I, I'm fine with that. And then, Pat, have I told you about Earthcraft? Have uh, I... <laughs> I, feel, I've, I feel like I've heard that card before, but I'm not really familiar with it. Yeah, it makes a lot of squirrels, Pat. And a lot of squirrels is always a good idea. So I think unbanning Earthcraft is a good idea. Okay. All right. Anything else, Pat, before we get into poops and scoops? No, that's that's the major that's all the questions that we had. Um, well, all the ones I thought were worth talking about. There Excellent. were a few male model questions, and DJ Seco was basically just created his own like offshoot of people who will always ask male model questions now. And I even like in, in the post, I even yeah, yeah, like yeah. like explained why you male tried to models. preempt it. You I preempted tried to preempt it. it and I still got like eight why male models. Right. <laughs> yeah, but anyways. Yeah. Um all right, well, let's get into uh, scoops and poops, Jerry. Scoops? We're gonna scoop in the top eight this week. I'm gonna. Hey, scoop let's do it. scoops only. I want to do. I want to do positives only this week. Pos good vibes only. Oh, good vibes. Okay. Uh, I, I feel so, that's right? a little late for this week. You you had you had some strong opinions this episode, Pat. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but like, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna call anyone out. You know. <laughs> I want to scoop in all the listeners who sent in questions. Hell I, yeah! I, I think it was great. Thanks so I much. I like mailbag episodes. They're always fun. Hell yeah. Uh, and with that, we have back-to-back -back episodes we're going to be recording this weekend. Yeah, so, busy weekend. Busy weekend. Uh, we're, we'll have uh, next couple of weeks of Legacy in the Hopper ready to go. Really hope like nothing big, insane happens. And they're like, all right, guess we'll talk about it in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can always like make like an emergency episode, you know? True. But yeah, I don't think with... Uh, with the hundred K in Missouri getting canceled, I don't think there's anything uh, big on the horizon. Uh, yeah, so that's, that was disappointing. Yeah, but maybe Watsy will come out with, uh, you know, some announcements like uh, Earthcraft is unbanned and we'll, uh, we'll we'll get to talk about that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, who are you? Who's your scoop, Pat? Um, I'm going to scoop in my kid, my, my son, Liam. Oh, he had a uh, <clears throat> pretty, pretty dramatic uh, accident at the house on Thursday. And uh, I spent the better part of 16 hours in the, in two ERs with him, uh, between Thursday night Damn. and Friday morning. Hope he's okay. <laughs> he's okay now. Um, you know, half dozen stitches and, uh, you know, just a bunch of swelling and bruising and stuff, but nothing, nothing broken, nothing, uh, nothing. Uh, it seems like it's uh, irreversible. So that, that was good, but it was, um, it was, a t it was tough. So, and I, I, I want to scoop him in because if he ever listens to this, um, I've generally regarded Liam as like not the toughest kid in the room. Like he's just not like a, he's a very sweet boy and he's extremely, extremely smart and funny, but he's not like a tough, tough kid, you know? Um, but he showed, um, a toughness, uh, for a few reasons, um, that I did not expect from a kid who was nine years old. Um, and I told him, I told him that, uh, you know, pretty much that like he, he really like it was him my wife and my younger son i wasn't there when it happened i had I had come down from class to meet them he uh he put on a very brave face for my wife so that she free would freak out less because it was it was pretty gnarly and she was pretty shaken up over it so i was uh i was very impressed by that man it made me a very proud father um to see him do that and then he he put on a brave face at the hospital too man and so pretty it was a pretty good injury. So again, nothing, nothing uh, life changing, nothing that isn't going to heal over the next few weeks or whatever, you know, full, full functionality and stuff. And somehow it didn't break his hand. I thought for sure he did. I, I thought for sure that he had severed a finger or two the way that my wife had described it before I got to the hospital. <laughs> There's oh, blood everywhere. No, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. <laughs> the way she's talked about it. I thought for sure. Cause she had, she was beside herself and she's like, she thought, she thought and kind of relate to me that he had lost a, at least lost a finger. And so 
driving from Worcester to Milford is like a 30 minute drive and the whole way down. I'm just expecting my kid to be down at least, a, at least a finger. And when I got to the ER, I was like, Hey buddy, I t- obviously talked to him and said, Hey, I want to look at your, your hand. And when I looked at it, I was like, Oh, thank God. It's not nearly as bad as my wife thought it was. Cause I can handle that. <laughs> I can handle that a little bit better than her. Um, but it was still, it was still, it was still pretty gnarly. Don't get me wrong. It was uh pretty, pretty dramatic and, uh, and impactful, but, um, but yeah, so that was a pretty, a pretty crazy event. Um, thankfully, you know, we live in a country where we have uh, good physicians and stuff and specialists in the area. And, uh, you know, he got, he got excellent care and it took a long time in Worcester. You know, we got transferred from Milford to Worcester at like nine o'clock at night. And I drove him up and took us a few hours to get into an actual room from the ER and then another seven hours, eight hours to see the actual doctor who would, who would fix his hand up for him. But um but yeah, I just wanted to, you know, if, if Liam ever listens to this at some point in his life, I can't imagine he will ever do this, that he'll have that much time. But he, if he ever goes back and wants to listen to his old man ramble um, about stuff and he listens to this episode. Uh, yeah, just just I want him to know that I was very, um, a very impressed and he his his strength surprised me um, more than more than I can believe, honestly. Uh, and he was a very tough kid. And then by, you know, by Saturday, Sunday, he was running around with his brother playing catch with his left hand and fucking laughing and smiling. Like there was nothing, no issue. So the resilience of children is uh, pretty amazing. Um, but he was, he was especially tough. So going to give him a scoop in the top eight. Nice. Well, hope apologies for the long rambling, but <laughs> all good, man. Well, I hope he has a speedy recovery and can play goblins real soon. <laughs> Me, too. Me too. All right. That's two. Uh, also, uh, goblins are predominantly red. That's also true. Yep. Also I, true. I fulfilled my contractual obligation to the goblin squad. All right. Well, uh, that's it for this week, guys. I uh, hope you all enjoyed the episode and the mailbag. We got a couple of great guests coming up in the next few weeks. So uh, listen up for those and listen. Um, Send us your legacy heuristics that you've that you've uh, come to know, and then Jerry and I can maybe we'll find a legacy expert guest. We can sit down and kind of evaluate the heuristics that we've come to know and love, and see if they're still valid. Yeah, and applicable. I like it. it. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks everyone for hanging out, and we'll catch you all next week. Bye.